You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Cal Williams is in his fifth year as the play-by-play voice of Minnesota United FC in MLS. The native of Birmingham, England, he fell in love with the game of football, soccer for those of us here in the U.S. at age six. He grew up rooting for local club Aston Villa. He had the opportunity to call a few Villa matches while working for IMG in England and recently had the opportunity to call a match between Minnesota United and Villa in an international friendly. Prior to his time with IMG, he spent four seasons as the voice of Sporting Kansas City, and that's where he and I met. Williams has broadcast soccer matches around the globe and for many leagues and alliances. His enthusiastic style has fans waiting for his next epic call, and we'll talk about a couple of those here in a moment. So, Cal, welcome to Sports Connections. David, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. We got to get to it right away. My favorite Cal Williams call was at the conclusion of the 2012 Lamar, o- Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Championship match was against Seattle and Sporting Kansas City. Went to penalty kicks after a 1-1 drop. When Eddie Johnson's attempt missed, you said, "Do you be- and I don't do a very good British accent. So I apologize ahead of time. Do you believe soccer is a matter of life and death? I tell you, it's far more important than that. <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. What do you remember about that match? Um, I remember it being complete and utter carnage. I remember it being a back and forth. I remember there being uh, a litany of goals. I remember there being a sensational atmosphere, as there always was uh, at Children's Mercy Park, as there always still is. Um, I was doing the commentary on the radio with a good friend of mine, Jake Yardrich, um, and we were both working for the club full time um, in that particular moment. And uh, you know, it, it was so, the build-up was so, um, people had anticipated a moment like this for such a long time because um, it, it felt like, in my opinion, Dave, from, from what I can remember, it, it felt like a true epiphany. It felt like a real awakening of, or a reawakening of soccer in Kansas City because, you know, the opening of the stadium happened in 2011, obviously, and, and I, think that, um, I think that opened a lot of eyeballs in the city. I think a lot of people started to view soccer very, very differently, um, but perhaps still viewed the, the team as as perhaps not what they um, were looking for. And, and you know, you you still, I mean, we call them Euro snobs over here, don't we, in the US? And you still have a lot of people rooting for Arsenal and Chelsea and what have you, and Barcelona, and, and that, that's fine, no problem. But I think there was still um, in Kansas City at that time there was still a, a lust for for something more. The stadium was beautiful, but I think there was still something missing um and i think the open cup really really helped in terms of the popularity of the team um and then obviously the year after when when they won mls cup that that solidified that that it was major league and and you know they weren't messing around and and they were here to win um and i remember the popularity of of the team and, and the sport in particular just just growing overnight and growing astronomically overnight as well um but on that particular day, I just remember doing, you know, a myriad of, of radio hits and, and TV spots and what have you. And um, just remember getting to the stadium and, and sort of, you know, going through your regular routine and what have you. And the game was was just, as I said, it was enthralling as, as any game I've ever done before, you know. And, and in particular, being a, a radio commentator that day as well, you know, you are relied on a lot more than, than what you are on television. Um, 
I don't even think the game was broadcast on TV that particular day. That's how far we're, we're going back in, in terms of the Open Cup. You know, it wouldn't happen nowadays. But, um, you know, it was, um, it was a wonderful evening. And, and in my opinion, it was just another step of what was a really glorious time for Sporting KC. Was that call something that you had in the back of your mind that at some point you might be able to use that or did that just happen? Do you know, David, I, I get asked this a lot with a couple of, of commentaries and, and lines that I've used. I can honestly say, I, I swear on my, my grandfather's grave, I, I don't ever pre-script goal calls or anything along <laughs> those lines. I mean, I, I think it's just... The fact that some people think I do, I take it as, um, well, I, I'm flattered by it, I think, more than anything, um, um, because it suggests, you know, that, that it, it's, it's good and, and it suggests that the pieces are all put together in, in the right way. So I, I do, I take a, an element of, of flattery from, from people that suggest that I've scripted stuff in the past um, and, and indeed nowadays. But no, to answer the question, no, I, I, I just... Um, I remember just screaming that that Eddie Johnson had had uh, had missed the penalty, um, and and I just I just remember seeing the stadium explode and all the fans were jumping up and down and because Kansas City at that stage was so desperate for something, weren't they, Dave? You know the Chiefs weren't great, the Royals had been woeful for years. You know it was only really from a collegiate point of view where there was any sort of mild success. Um, in terms of sports in KC, so, so the city itself was, there was a yearning for something. And I think sports in KC absolutely gave the sports fans in KC what they were looking for at that particular moment. And that was success. Um, so I just remember, you know, being, being so elated at that time, realising what this could potentially mean for the sport in the city and the team itself. Um, you know, I was aware of a, a handful of casuals that were at the game that hadn't been to a game before and they wanted to see a, a championship lifted in KC. Um, but also more than anything, uh, and this is what I've tried to do here in Minnesota as well, but I certainly I certainly did it in KC, or at least I hope I did. Um, I, I wanted to try and, and give a true reflection in terms of, of what the game means. Um, because there, there are people that have watched the, you know, you go back to the, the Casey Wiz days, you know, at Arrowhead Stadium that wasn't even a quarter full, you know, and 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 I think I think the the nights like that Open Cup night, those nights of those people that were yeah. really there when when no one else was, you know, and and I'm a true believer of that. So I, you know, some sometimes you know sometimes I get criticised for being a little bit melodramatic, and that's fine. Everyone's got their own their own way of, of doing commentary, but I think um, for me more than anything, it's it's just. You know, when it's moments like that, all I try and do is, is try and get across to the audience what, what it means and, and how much it means, you know. And, and as you, you said, yeah, I mean, soccer at times for some people is more than, than life and death, isn't it? So, um, you know, at that moment, I, I think it absolutely personified that point. And, um, you know, it's, it, was, it was a wonderful moment. And, and you know, um, I, I know the people at the club still cherish that moment and, and, and as they should do, you know. It's going to go down in history for a very, very long time. And, you um, you know, as I said, it was just a magical moment to be involved with Sporting KC. It really was. And Cal, you talked about, you know, the fact that that really brought a new level of energy to the city about soccer. And, I, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. I think you are a big part of that because people heard, because obviously they didn't see it unless they were in the, among the 20,000 or so. They heard your enthusiasm and thought, if this guy 
who obviously knows about soccer because he's British, <laughs> you know, if he is that excited, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should get behind it. And then when they won the, the cup the next year, then all of a sudden this is a soccer city, not maybe not quite as much as it is a chief city or a Royal city, but it's, it's pretty close. It's very, very popular and, and only a pandemic can shut down the, the uh, sellout street. So I think you deserve a lot of credit for creating that enthusiasm with that call. Maybe it wasn't planned, but it was good execution. <laughs> well, thank you, David. I appreciate that. Um, again, yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't go and plan any of these things. I, I just try and be as raw and emotional as I can, to be honest, and, and try and get across how much it means, and particularly when it's a big moment like that. Um, yeah. You know, and I think, yeah, it was amazing to see how, how the franchise grew as quickly as they did, you know. And yeah, look, I, I put my heart and soul into that when I came over. I, th I think people forget when I when I did that commentary, I was 22 years old. Um, so I was, I was just a kid. And it's crazy to think about that now, you know, um, it, how, how young I was really. I really had no, no right to be doing sort of those kind of games. But there was a, um, you know, a, a, a rather crazy individual who, who seemed to, to think um, my voice fit whatever they were looking for. And, and I don't even think it was because I'm British. And also, by the way, David, just because we're British, I don't think we know any more about football than, than other countries as well. You know, I, I think the game is growing so quickly here. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that, um, that I've had the experience to, to come over here and, and sample the other um, cultures um, that, that evolve around football as well because you know in England it can be a bit insular you know people only watch the Premier League they don't watch the Bundesliga they don't watch um, Argentine football they don't watch MLA you know so I'm so happy that I've had the experience to come over here because I do consider myself now to be an international football commentator um, not only because I'm doing MLS but all be because of the, the Copa Libertadores and, and all the international football I've done over the years I consider myself an international football commentator now um, I'm not sure that would be the case if I was in the UK. I think I'd have been an English yeah. commentator. Yeah. So I don't consider myself a British football commentator either. I know I, I, I sound British, I am British, <laughs> but I don't think I'm the stereotypical British football commentator. So yeah. uh, I, I can only thank the people who have give, given me the opportunities to come over here for that, you know, because um, it's, uh, it, it's been really interesting and, and I've learned a lot for sure. And, and as I said, I can only thank them for the opportunities. I know a lot of people in, in sports media, obviously being a part of it myself, broadcasters who said when they were growing up and they were playing pickup basketball or playing Sandlot baseball or whatever, they would be announcing the game as they were playing it. You grew up watching football in, in Birmingham. Did you find yourself doing that? Is that something that just came very naturally to you or did you have to learn how to do that? Um. I think there are those that would argue it doesn't come naturally to me now. Um, <laughs> um, that's a good question, Dave, because, um, yeah, I have, I have memories for sure. It was more watching, um, watching football at home with my dad and, and my mom and what have you and my, my best mate and my grandmother and, and what have you. I was always around football for sure because um, I wasn't a very good player. I was all right. I played a bit here and there and um, played at sort of, you know, um, weekend level like Sunday afternoon level and stuff but I was never I was never any good really and I kind of I've said this before I wish I knew what I know now about the game when I was 15 16 you know because you spend we're fortunate you know we spend so much time with wonderful footballing minds you know the analysts I've worked with over the past 15 years you know you pick their brains and you, you get so many different opinions and you you work with 
different managers, um, whether it's in MLS or, or another league, you know, and, and you spend time with them and they make you think differently about the game. So, um, but to, to answer the question, I, yeah, I, I would I would sit at home and I would sort of um, have it in the back of my head. I would I would imagine doing the commentary. I wouldn't necessarily say it out loud, but I would imagine doing the commentary for sure. Um, and then, yeah, like every kid in England, you know, you're out on the street playing football or in your back garden or whatever. And you do the commentary when, you know, uh, Williams is through on goal and, you know, la, 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 you know, you just, that's what you do. So um, in, in terms of it coming naturally to me, though, yeah, I don't know, mate. That's, that's an interesting question because I think every commentator, you've got to have something about you to get an opportunity for sure. Yeah. But then I think it's down on the commentator themselves to try and figure out what their style is. Someone asked me the other day, you know, where I got my style from. I couldn't, I couldn't answer that. I, I don't even know what my style is, you know. I, I have no idea. I'm just a football commentator. I don't, I'm not one of these people that spend hours overanalyzing stuff. Of course, I go back and watch games and think, oh, yeah, I could have yeah. said this here, could have said that there. But in terms of, from a stylistic point of view, I just commentate on the game. I say what I see. And, and of course, there are other nuances and intricacies that you, you have to do as a football commentator whether it's on TV or radio, there are major differences. Um, but in terms of style, um, I know you, you've, you've already sort of said that I'm quite eccentric and, and um, you know, quite loud and, and what have you, but um, that's not anything I've ever worked on, you know? It's just, you know, so, so that would be the natural part of it for sure. I think just the raw enthusiasm yeah. um, would, be, would be the natural part of it. Okay, then my next question was, how did you develop your style? We're going to skip right over that one. Do you have... <laughs> You have a favorite call. Obviously, I shared shared mine with you because it was here in Kansas City. Do you have a favorite call that you've done, whether it's internationally or here in, in the States? Um, that is, um, that's a very tough question because, again, I'm not one of these people that sort of obsesses over what I've said because I think at times you can you can overthink things which at times can be healthy, at times it can be unhealthy. Um, and I think at times, you know, you as a commentator, Dave, you're always going to look back and say, shouldn't have said that, or maybe I should have said this instead. You know, you'll, you'll never, ever do a perfect game as a football commentator. If yeah. someone says they've done a perfect game, they're lying to you because they haven't. Because we've all slipped up. We've all made a mistake here, we, here and there. We, we, we've all perhaps said something and thought, an hour after, ah, maybe I should have said this. Um, but when you're given the opportunity to, to say something that people expect to latch onto for the rest of their lives, uh, potentially, and you've got 0.3 seconds to think about it, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it can be very difficult. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's a few that, that, I mean, get brought up here for sure over the course of the, of the last few years. Uh, the, the first ever Minnesota MLS goal gets brought up a fair bit here. Um, and I, I know it just because I've I heard it recently. And I remember Ramirez, a guy called Christian Ramirez uh, scored for, for Minnesota. And I remember screaming his name and saying, oh, it's, it's in, you know, that Minnesota have scored. And I remember saying it's, it's historic, it's euphoric, it's iconic. It's the first goal um, in Minnesota history. or something along those lines, you know. Yeah. But I, I remember the, the three the three words that get brought up quite a bit. Um, and the other one that gets gets brought up from time to time in, in highlights packages and whatever the video crew work on uh, up here in, in the Twin Cities, ironically, was against Sporting KC. Um, and it was 
Um, it was a, I think it was maybe the third to last game of the 2019 season, maybe the fourth, I can't remember. Home game uh, at Allianz Fields and Kansas City weren't great that year. And uh, they, they needed to win to get, to, to keep the playoff chase alive. They needed to win. And for Minnesota, if they won, they would get into the playoffs for the first time since coming into MLS. So it was a big game. It was a big deal um, for a lot of people in the Twin Cities. And Kansas City scored first. Um, name many of your listeners might remember, uh, Boltan Barath uh, got, the, got the goal there. Um, and then uh, Minnesota scored. I, th- I think it was Ozzy Alonso, I think, scored. Um, and then it was into stoppage time. I think it was the 91st minute, maybe, 92nd. Hassani Dotson scored. It was a horribly deflected goal. It was, you know, not exactly picturesque, but um, <laughs> for, for people in Minnesota, it didn't matter because it, it was sort of confirmation at that stage that they were going to the playoffs. And again, I remember, and I'm very, very lucky to, to be a part of some of these moments, you know. As a commentator, you do know when, when, when something's special. You, you do yeah. know there is something in the air for sure and you realise you're a part of something special or at the very least you're watching something special. Um, and I remember uh, when Dotson scored and, and I sort of, I think it's important to lay out for a few seconds and let the, the, the crowd do the talking for you. At television, sometimes people have a tendency to speak too much when I don't think that's necessary. So I remember took a, I took a step back for a, a, a couple of seconds and I don't know what came over me. And I, I just said, hold, hold the back page. Like, hold that back page. And um, I don't know if I, I had a conversation with one of the newspaper journalists prior to the game or something. I don't, I don't know what triggered that. Um, so, so that gets brought up a, a bit. And then obviously, you know, the, the pleasantries of Minnesota going to the playoffs, la, 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 you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but you know that the one, the one that's just that's just triggered my mind. Actually, the, the one that that often gets brought up in in Kansas City, whenever I speak to KC fans when I'm when I'm back in in Kansas City, um, is the the goal that Aurelian Collin scored in in MLS Cup 2013, um, and and it's the one that doesn't you know a, a lot of a lot of other times it's not got on that much attention. But for some unknown reason, when I speak to people in, in person, this is the one they bring up. And so Colin heads the ball and I scream his name. Again, we're doing the game on the radio. Scream his name. And uh, I remember, again, just sort of looking out and seeing the stadium going absolutely wild. Um, and, and I thought, um, th- there's, there's proper hysteria here right now. And, and this is history. So I said, history and hysteria inside the walls of, uh, of Sporting Park, as it was known then. So... It's a difficult one to answer because there's a couple, there's a couple that that you know people often bring up. Um, I, I know that I think Sporting KC have got one, or they did have uh, some writing up of what I said on on the wall inside the stadium at some stage. I don't know if it's that one or if it's another one, but um, you do know as a commentator when it's when it's a big moment. And I think you know that the very very best then, in in my opinion here, Dave the very, very best are able to, to make their points, to, to add to a moment without getting in the way. And that's the important part of it because you cannot get in the way of those moments. I've been guilty of getting in the way before and it kills me. Recently, we, we had a game here at um, Minnesota when we had the, the stadium full again. And I was screaming and shouting when the first goal went in and I said something along the lines of a, a symphony in St. Paul. I was saying, you know, something along those lines, you know, and, 
Um, and I kind of thought I should have just dropped out. I should have just dropped out because everything that I say here, it will not be as effective as, as the crowd because we have a full stadium. And, you know, so, but this is the, the, the life of a football commentator. You, you kind yeah. of think, ah, did I say, you know, should I, should I have said this? Should I, you know, so, so it is what it is, mate. But I, you know, I'm fortunate to have been a, a part of, of some really, really big moments. I mean, my, my first game for, for Sky Sports in England, um, David Villa scored for, for New York City. Um, and what, I, I said something, um, a, a, a new number seven um, for MLS or something like that. Um, new, new, new number seven for MLS to drool over. Um, something along those lines. Um, and again, you know, as I said to you before, you, you do know as a commentator when, when there's those moments that are in front of you, um, you, you, you know that something is there and, and it's your job, in my opinion, um, to describe it as best as you can without getting in the way. And, and ultimately, I, that, that's what I hope I do more often than not. What was it like to broadcast games for Villa? I mean, that had to be a dream come true for you. So it was interesting. So, I mean, I wasn't technically working for Aston Villa. I was working for the international feed. Um, but, but yeah, to, to do games at the stadium from a television perspective was, was interesting. I'd done plenty of radio there before, um, or, or, or at least a handful of radio games there. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, it's bizarre um, because you're so used to the surroundings. You know, often when you, you know, I'm sure you're, you're more than aware when you go to these venues all across the world and more often than not, you, from time to time, you, you step into a new venue and there is an unfamiliarity about it, which is kind of exciting. But I would argue the familiarity of walking into Villa Park was arguably just, if not more exciting. Um, because it was a place that I was so familiar with. Um, and I never thought I, you know, I used to have season tickets in one of the stands, the, the Holt end. I used to stand there. I used to sing along with my dad and, and with my, my mates when I was a teenager. And, you know, we always looked over to the press box. I always looked up to the TV gantry and thought, you know, one day, one day I'll, I'll be up there, you know. Um, and, and I was, you know, I was up there. And I was sitting in the commentary for the international feed and, and it was great. It was, it was really, really good, you know, but, there are people that, you know, would, would tend to perhaps be a little bit biased then. And, and that's just not me at all. You know, I love Aston Villa. If you cut me open, I've got Claret and Blue Blood, you know. But um, there's a time to be a fan. There's a time to be a professional. And I, one of the, one of the toughest assignments I ever had, Dave, was, was at Villa when they lost at home to Liverpool by six goals to nil. Um, and it was essentially the game that sent them down, that, that relegated them. Um, they, they had to go to Manchester United and get something and win by, you know, four or five goals or something like that, you know. So it was essentially the, the game that sent them down. And I wanted to scream and shout. I wanted to call out all the directors, and the technical director, the manager. Like, I wanted to call out everybody, the players who clearly didn't care. But you can't. You can't at that stage. You've got to be professional. Um, because people watching... Um, won't necessarily have the same view as you do. And also the other thing, as well as a commentator, nobody should care what I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the, the ex-professional. You know, I'm just here to literally describe to you what's happening yeah. and, and be a voice to guide you through and hopefully be a good guest in your living room um, or in the pub if that's what you're watching, you know. So um, that, that was difficult for sure because, as I said, I, I wanted to, to call out a lot of people, but um, you can't. And... I was as professional as they came. Uh, I hope 
And, um, you know, I think uh, at that stage it was more, um, you know, look how great Liverpool have been. You know, there's a reason why they'll, they'll be in the Champions League and, and what have you. And, and look at what Jurgen Klopp has done with this team. Uh, and no doubt there's problems for Aston Villa um, moving forward. So it's... Um, that was a tough one, but it was great when they were when they were scoring and, and the place was going crazy and stuff. It wasn't too often that season, but it was it was good. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was a dream come true because, as I said, I'd, I'd been around the club before, but but it was a nice assignment for sure. Yeah. By the way, as, just strictly as an aside, I wish, excuse me, some American sports had the relegation thing. I think that is just the cooler thing. If you're not if you're not performing, you get knocked down a notch. You don't even get to compete against the big teams. I just think that's a really cool thing. I think it would take, it might take a little while, but I think it would really catch hold and talk about pressure. If you don't win this game, if you don't win this match, you're, you're in the minor leagues for a season. I, I think that would uh, in, increase attention. Um, I want to, I've noticed that uh, in reading the, the stuff on the Minnesota FC website, that you are loved in Minnesota, just like you were here in Kansas City. Do you feel a sense of responsibility maybe to ed- educate a fan base that doesn't have a lot of experience with soccer? No, not, not, not at all, Dave. Um, they are educated up here. They've had soccer for a long time. Um, you know, you only have to go back to, to the 70s with the kicks into the 80s and 90s with, with the thunder and the stars and, and eventually into the 2000s and, and, and late 2000s, 2010s, 2015s with, with Minnesota United. So they've always had a team here. Um, so I, I don't feel um, any sort of pressure to educate because I don't think it's... I'm not going to say it's not needed for 100% of the fan base because I, I think what's unique about this sport and this league is that we are always attracting new fans who perhaps may right. need a little bit of education. Right. Um, but I certainly don't feel a responsibility to, to fully educate. I think, I think a lot of that comes down to the analysts um, because, again... It, it is it is in my opinion that no one should really care about my opinion <laughs> because yeah. I'm the play-by-play. I'm, I'm not the ex-player. I don't have the insights or the intricacies um, to describe what has happened on the field and, and, and why it's happened on the field, more importantly. Um, so we're very fortunate. And it's funny, I, I was chatting with, with um, an old friend of mine earlier today, which your audience may very well remember his name, an individual called Matt Lawrence, um, who did the Sporting KC games for a few years. Right. Matt, Matt and I worked together in England doing the Premier League and, and we did a lot of MLS um, with IMG and a couple of other foreign leagues and what have you. And we have a really good working relationship and we, we, were, we were sort of talking about this earlier on today and, and sort of saying, well, what, what is the play-by-play's responsibility? What's the colour analyst responsibility, you know? And, and I, think it's, I think it's good to challenge them from time to time for sure. But um, I think ultimately the, the only... The only Difference because we, we spoke about doing games in uh, the UK uh, and to an international audience as opposed to doing it to an American audience and, and what the differences are because there are subtle differences. But and I, I remember saying to him earlier today that I don't call the game any differently here than what I would back in the UK. Okay, because I've got too much respect for the fans here because I, I don't want to talk down to the fans because they don't need to be talked down to. The only thing I do that might be different to a UK audience or international audience, Dave, is if, um, let's say, there's a centre-back who has arrived from uh, Paris Saint-Germain, right? I know if it's an international audience, for the most part, or a UK audience, that's all I've got to say is, player X, formerly of Paris Saint-Germain. 
if I say that to uh, a US audience, I know there's people that may very well be watching this for the first time and have no idea what that means. So here, I will say, you know, uh, player X, formerly of Paris Saint-Germain, in Ligue 1 in France. And just give a little more context. Yeah, yeah. And, it can, and, and it only needs a second more. And hopefully that will then trigger the audience who are new and go, oh, right, okay, well, good, I know that now. Whereas that wouldn't perhaps be needed in the UK. Yeah. It, you know, you talked about wanting to be professional and, and I, some people would take that as unbiased. When you're working for the team, you know, when you were working for Sporting Kansas City, you were the voice of Sporting Kansas City. Now you're the voice of Minnesota United. One of the things I like about listening to your games, because I'll occasionally get on uh, Minnesota's website and watch the highlights just so I can hear your call. I like the fact that you are a fan. You're still professional. You're still broadcasting the game you see. And as you said, the fan, the, the, the listener doesn't care your opinion, but it's still pretty obvious that you're a fan. How long does it take for you to become a fan of the club signing your paycheck, which is a big part of it? Hmm. Um, I would argue, Dave, that I'm a fan of the game rather than a fan of, of the club. Okay. Uh, and I'm a, fan of, I'm a fan of the league, I would say, as well. And, and the idea of, of international football in this country and, and Canada. Um, I just am a firm believer of it. And you, you will have seen, um, having watched highlights and stuff recently, that if, if the opponent scores a very good goal, I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to say it's a very good goal. Because again, I don't want to disrespect the audience. Right. Why, why would you disrespect the audience there, you know? And, and also now this whole idea of, of, of it being a local broadcast and a regional broadcast, having been back into the UK market, having gone from KC back to the UK, back, back over here, I've seen the, the highlights shows that are put together on, on Sky Sports in England and RTE in Ireland and um, on, on various other channels uh, around the world, Fox in Australia. There's not, I don't think there's such a thing as a local broadcast anymore. Yeah. I just don't think there is. And especially now, since I've come back to the country, the launch of ESPN Plus is essentially proof of that as well. You know, because you can, you can, your, your feed can, can be accessed anywhere across the country. Um, so I tend to try and do it as neutral as I can. I'm very fortunate here at this club that I, I'm not operating um, whilst attached to handcuffs. They, they let me do the way that I like, um, which, which is often very neutral. I, I would argue it's 51-49% in favour of Minnesota because, as you say, I understand who's paying the paychecks. I, I get that, who's, who's giving the paychecks. But um, I, I just think, um, you know, we, we, we now have to start understanding that um, the league is now international. The league is no longer local. Your, your club... Minnesota yeah. United, Sporting Kansas City, what have you. They're not just supported locally anymore. They are supported worldwide. MLS has gotten to that stage now. So I think it's important that we do a neutral broadcast or as neutral as we can. Um, and, and I know that that's still um, that, that's still not the case with a lot of broadcasts in, in Major League Soccer, which is fine. That's that's their production, whoever it is. They, they can do what they want. But um, I'm a big believer of, you know, let, let's let's make this international. You know, I don't I don't just want to compensate to the Twin Cities area. You know, I want to compensate to the person who's watching in Doha in the middle of the morning or something, you know, and um, which can be difficult commentating to an international audience. But, um, 
you know, I've I've gotten some stick for sure from from people who have, have um, you know, in, in the wonderful world of Twitter, um, I've I've for sure had some uh, abuse. People saying, ah, oh, you know, do you not know what team you work for and all this kind of stuff? And that's fine. You know, everyone's everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, um, and as a commentator, you've got to have thick skin. Anybody, anyway, because yeah. anybody and everybody can do a better job than you, apparently. So um, you've just got to have thick skin. It is what it is. Um, but I'm a big believer of 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 being a neutral commentator, trying to grow the game that way. Because, and this is one of the examples I always always give as well, Dave. And not not that I intentionally want to annoy people, because that's not what I'm here for. Right, right. If you've got, um, if you've got, because we are still growing the game here. If you've got, you know, um, the channel we broadcast on on here in the Twin Cities is, is Bali Sports North, much like you guys do in, in Bali Sports KC, I believe. Um, and if that channel is on in a random sports bar somewhere in the middle of Minnesota and you've got Joe Bloggs and John Smith at the bar, who are just two average guys who, who just, you know, don't really watch too much soccer. They're big fans of the Vikings, love the Wilds, are, are infatuated uh, by the Timberwolves or whatever, but they're not necessarily focusing on Minnesota United. The one thing I've learned since I've been here is that Minnesotans are very, very loyal to themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. They, they love themselves, which is brilliant. Um, and that they're a very um, united community here, for sure. Um, probably a better way of saying it. And um, I know that if I do a neutral style commentary, so imagine the, these two chaps are sitting at the bar and the Minnesota United game is on. So they just start watching because it's a Minnesota sports team because that's how they how they tend to work up here. And all of a sudden, um, you know, Kansas City score a goal, and you've got this um, rather annoying British commentator going quite bizarre at the fact that Johnny Russell's just scored his twentieth goal of the season. Um, and it might it might irk them, it might frustrate them. And okay, if it does, then that that's that's up to you. Um, but what it might do is it, it it might perhaps insinuate that you care a little bit more than you realise if it annoys you. The fact that I'm celebrating a girl from the opposition, not necessarily celebrating, but certainly describing with a bit of umph. Um, and that potentially might mean that you might come back, come back and watch next week, maybe. Um, so like I said, my, my intention is not to annoy people um, at all, but I can see how they would be. And I'm hoping to use it to, to my advantage for sure. And, and, and I hope that people um, appreciate the commentary. I hope that people, um, more and more people come and watch um, simply because I, I know that if more people are watching Minnesota United, more people are watching Major League Soccer. That's only good for people like you and I and for the fans at home. And that's only good for the, for the league as a whole if more people are watching. So it's just another avenue to get other people to watch. So um, like I said, but by, by no means is it my, my major intention to annoy people. But uh, I have to get that across. It's not the primary objective here. But um, I, I believe there are there is so much more that can be of value doing as neutral of a commentary as you can, as opposed to doing what you guys would say in this country a, a Homer broadcast. Yeah, and I didn't mean to imply that you were a Homer. Um, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, and, but it's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and listen to some more highlights. Um, because obviously on the website, they're only going to do your, your, uh, you know, your announcements of Minnesota goals. Um, Mm. but I might have to, uh, figure out how to get, get a a live feed of, of Minnesota 
or Valley Sports Minnesota to listen and and uh, maybe when maybe when sporting plays uh, in the Twin Cities, instead of listening to to Nate, uh, we'll we'll turn on yours and just see if sporting scores. I want to hear your hear your reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, moving on with with this. What are your long term goals? Obviously, you're still a young man, your early thirties. What are your long long term goals as a broadcaster? I think my long-term goal, Dave, is I want to be the best football commentator in the world. Um, and I don't know what that looks like. Um, is, is that consistently getting work at the highest level possible? Maybe. Is that calling World Cups continuously? Possibly. Um, is it being at a network on a regular basis? Potentially. I, I, I don't know what it looks like. Um, but ultimately, um, particularly in this country, um, whenever there's a big game on, whenever there's a really, really big game, regardless if it's MLS or uh, whatever the biggest league that network has um, or that channel or what have you, um, I, I want people to automatically assume, right, well, well Cal's going to be doing that game then. You know, that, that to me is, is significant enough to the point where you start to think, right, well, I'm clearly well thought of. Um, and not, not that it really bothers me about what people think, you know, everyone's got their own opinion and they're more entitled to it. But, but that, that's the aim is, is whenever there's a, a, a rather large game, um, it would be quite nice if, if people thought to themselves, right, well, obviously Callum's going to be doing that game. And, and I would say that's probably the aim. Um, and, and like I said, that, that, that seems to be the only way I can describe what, what being the best commentator in the world would look like at the moment. So, um, TBD, I think. Let's leave it there, shall we? There you go. There you go. Well, I, that's that's a great description, and you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not. I, I interviewed Johnny Russell earlier today. I've interviewed quite a few guys that was sporting, um, even some some guys, the Jimmy Nielsen's and the Jimmy Conrads from way back. And I will tell them I'm not a soccer expert, but I'm becoming more of a soccer fan because of people like them. And I I became a soccer fan because of people like you and your enthusiasm. So I think that's a great way uh, of saying you want to be the best you can be, whatever that, whatever that represents. Um, last question before we, we do our two wrap up questions. What would you tell a young, a young Callum Williams, who's maybe eight, 10 years old, who's playing soccer in the street, playing football in the street. What would you tell that kid? If he says, I want to become a broadcaster. I would say be patient your opportunities will come work harder than you have ever worked before. Keep knocking on those doors because the majority of them are going to slam right back in your face. And I would say, keep going, keep persevering, keep pushing, keep prodding, do everything you can to get people's attention and show them what you can do and what you're made of. Because eventually somebody is going to see, somebody's going to listen and somebody will give you an opportunity. That's a great, great answer. Okay, I always wrap up with these two questions. Um, talk about your family, brothers, sisters, parents, your wife. You don't have kids yet, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and I know this is sort of viewed rather bizarrely in the US as well, but I'm actually an only child, um, which, uh, as I said, I know is fairly uncommon, but I felt like I grew up with brothers and sisters because I, I so my, fa- my family is, um, mainly English, but but certainly a, we had an Irish upbringing because of my grandparents. My grandparents were and, and are Irish and, and um, came over from the Republic of Ireland to to work um, after the war. And um, 
you know, um, I, I had a thoroughly Irish upbringing for sure. My mom and dad were uh, working very, very hard to sustain their business and, and help it thrive, which it did. Um, and so I had a very Irish upbringing. And, and the reason I bring that up, Dave, is because um, I grew up with my cousins, really. And my, my cousins, uh, I sort of still consider my brother and sister, really. And then the, there's another uh, chap who's my, my dearest friend in the whole world who I, I miss every day. Um, and, and when Carl listens to this, he'll, he'll know what I'm talking about, you know. And uh, it, it's, you know, that old saying, like a brother from another mother, you know, that it, yeah. it, it is true. It really is true. You know, I didn't need brothers and sisters growing up because I was surrounded by such affection from cousins and and my best mate, Carl. And, and like I said, I was sort of beloved by my mother and my grandfather, God rest his soul. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, my mom and dad were, were incredible um, in terms of supporting me growing up. Um, I think it was fairly obvious um, what I wanted to do from an early age. And in fact, it might have even been them who, who suggested I get into sort of football journalism um, at that stage when I was a kid um, and you're sort of trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, you know, when you're sort of 15, 16. Um, and I was very fortunate to, to get an introduction into radio and get into the studio when I was 16. So it, that, that was sort of my introduction to it. But um, yeah, I, I'm very, very lucky to have a, a supportive family for sure. And, and, you know, I'm even more more lucky than I ever thought I would be meeting my wife, um, you know, who I met in KC. She's a KC girl. Um you know, just just didn't uh, ever expect that to happen. And uh, she is the most uh, beautiful, encouraging person I've I've ever met. And and I, I thank my lucky stars every day that, that she's mine. Um, and uh, yeah, she, she's beyond supportive. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very very lucky man. And um, we're, we're both very excited for for the future. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, we uh, we've been on some adventures together for sure, um, moving back and forth from the US to the UK and back again. And um, you know, and, and we're fortunate that we've we've travelled around the world to to see different uh, different parts of the world together as well. So so not not you know not everybody can say they've found the soulmate in in life, and, and I'm very fortunate that that I have. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I'm a very lucky man. That's awesome. My wife and I will celebrate 40 years uh, next month. Uh-huh. So. Congratulations. Um, I, I, uh, she's not only my best friend, um, mother of my two great kids, uh, grandmother of my three beautiful granddaughters. Uh, she's also my hero because she's survived cancer twice and does, uh-huh. she volunteers uh, at the cancer center where she, where she uh, was treated, uh, mentoring patients who are just coming down with it and encouraging them. So she's also my hero. Last question for you, Cal. What's your legacy? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do I have a legacy? I <laughs> okay, really you can answer it this way. What do you want it to be? Um, I just want to, ultimately, Dave, I, I want to expose people to this beautiful game of, of football that we, we have. I, I, I want this thing to, to be the biggest sport in, in the United States and Canada. I want it to, to explode. I, I really, really want it to, um, to become as big as it can be, you know. Um, I think ultimately if, you know, if I'm on my deathbed and, and, and the sport is as big as I think it can be in this country, I, I think my legacy will, will be just having played my part, um, whatever that, that is. Um, 
hopefully it, it is, um, you know, full of moments of, of hopefully great commentary that people will remember and yeah. um, big moments of, of you know, um, MLS Cups and Champions Leagues and the, the US winning the World Cup, hopefully one day, you know, I, I would love that to, to be the legacy for sure. Um, but ultimately, Dave, I, I just want to play my part. Great answer. Uh, Cal, it's, it's always good to connect with you and look forward to running into you next time Minnesota's in Kansas City and you get to travel. Don't know if that's happening just yet. I know Nate and, and Jake are not traveling yet for road games. So hopefully that's coming soon and we'll definitely connect then. But thank you for joining us. Look forward to it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.